0: That's important. All right, so we're going to do Mark today because we finished 1 Peter last week. And at the end of 1 Peter in chapter 5, we noticed that Paul, uh, Peter called Mark his son, right? It wasn't literally his son, it was similar to what Paul and Timothy had going on. Mark was his spiritual son, right? And so we went that's the reason we did first Peter first and went through that, because at the end of that, it brings Mark out. okay. and so there's a few things that we're going to go over before we even start reading out of Mark. And there's a lot of stuff in Mark. Mark's one of the shorter Gospels. There's only 16 chapters where John's like 20 something. okay. Mark was written to a specific people. And I told some of you this already. If you go to Matthew, just go to the first chapter of Matthew, or any of the Gospels for that matter, besides Mark, in Matthew and in John, you can kind of get a feel for who it is for. Okay? The first chapter of Matthew is a hard and long read. Okay, the first verse is the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and Abraham was the father of Isaac, and so on and so forth, right? Now, genealogy is important in Jewish culture, right? They keep a family tree, it's really tight, they know who they came from, who they came from, who they came from. So in essence, the book of Matthew was written and directed at Jews, okay? Okay. And John's the same way. When you look at John, John in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing was made that has come into being, right? And then when you get down to uh, 14, 15, 16 and 17, immediately in 17, it says the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus. So in John, essentially, he's talking to the Jewish culture because he brings up the law in the first chapter, right? Well, when you're in Mark, go to Mark 1. He just starts out the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. Cut and dry, right? In Matthew and John and in Luke, you've got all these prophetic things or these prophecies that were from the Old Testament. So what they would do is they would go to the Old Testament. They would reference certain prophecies that Jesus actually said, because Jesus was before mostly Jewish and Roman people. So they would reference things in the Old Testament. In the book of Mark, there's only about three or four different times that he brings up Prophetic stuff from the Old Testament. Okay. He doesn't get into laws and all this other crazy stuff and and get stuck there because he's talking specifically to a Gentile culture. Right. And so when you read, you know, we here we read, we start in John, then we go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then read John again. Right. John is good because John gives you, like Tucker said yesterday, it gives you a lot of information about who Jesus was. Well, mark kind of just skips by all that jewish culture and jewish law and all that and he gives you miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle boom this is why jesus said he is who he is okay so if you've never read the bible everybody's gonna say well go read john i would beg the difference say, go read mark because it skips over all that culture and all the nonsense and all the stuff that in, in reality matters but it doesn't really matter to a person who's not of Jewish descent, right? And so Mark gets right into it and he goes straight for the miracles. I mean, he talks about Jesus preaching in Galilee. He immediately goes from Jesus preaching in Galilee in chapter one, verse 14, into chapter one, verse 29, crowds being healed, right? So he skips all all of the other stuff that he doesn't really think is important for Gentiles and he goes right into healings, right? And so... The overview of mark is a lot different than all the other gospels all right so you've got mainly healings and then you get into the last supper the crucifixion the resurrection all right and in reality that's what's going to bring most of the gentile culture into christianity because they don't understand jewish culture they understand their own culture and so If hearing comes by faith and faith by hearing the word of God, he puts it in a simple way that anybody who's non-Jewish can understand that Jesus is who he says he is. Okay, so we're with that. All right. So we're going to go into the person of Mark. We're not even going to read. We probably won't even read Mark today, to be honest with you, because there's so much that we need to know before we even get into the book. So if you want, let's go to first Peter, chapter five, verse 13, where we left off. And I tried to put all these in as close of a chronological order as I could um, without spending a whole lot of time in here. So in first Peter, chapter five, we're going to look at verse 13. So verse 13 says she who was in Babylon chosen together with you, sends you greetings. And so does my son Mark. Now, a lot of times we read about Babylon and we think it's this future thing. Babylon in this time and in this place was actually Rome. Right. There's a lot of talk about Babylon. To the Jews and everybody else, Babylon was considered to be Rome. Right. Because Rome had all the control. That's why they're still talked about today where you don't hear a lot about the Turkish kingdom. They really didn't matter in comparison to who Rome was at the time, right? And so in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13, you see that Peter says, my son, Mark, okay? So that tells us that Peter and Mark had a relationship together in some way, shape or form. And it's our job to dig it out And figure out how did they have a relationship together and if it shows us that why is that important right because everything in here is important so if it if it tells us that peter and mark were spiritually family then there's got to be something else in here that we can dig up that's going to allow us to move forward with why did i just dig this up right so go to colossians chapter four and all this will start making sense as we, we start moving forward. So in Colossians chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 10, okay? So Colossians chapter 4, verse 10, informs us that Barnabas and John were cousins, okay? Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends his greetings, and also Barnabas... Barnabas' cousin, Mark, about whom you received instruction. If he comes to you, welcome him. Okay? So we got to think about who wrote Colossians. Who wrote Colossians? Anybody know? Paul. Paul. Okay. Paul wrote Colossians, our cousins. Okay? So Paul wrote the letter of Colossians, or the epistle, or whatever you want to call it. And in writing Colossians, He mentions Mark and he mentions Barnabas. Not only does he mention them, he says they're physically related. They're blood relations. Barnabas and Mark, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. Okay? Now, this is going to be weird because there's some things that happen in the book of Acts between Paul, Barnabas, and Mark. Okay? So let's go to... Acts chapter 12. And we're gonna be in Acts for a little bit. Acts chapter 12. Now we can do the 20, the 20 verse rule if y'all want. That's fine. That's a good rule to, to live by. Read 20 verses before the verse and 20 verses after the verse to get the context and we can do that we'll probably not do 20 we'll probably do a a few before and a few after okay but mainly in acts chapter 12 verse 12 you've got the portion of scripture where peter and mark are it's showing that they're actually together right the same as what it was in first peter chapter 5 verse 12. So in Acts chapter 12, verse 12, it says, and when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark. So Mark's real name is John Mark. John being a a Hebrew name. okay, and Mark being a Greek name. And that may not sound important when when you just say John Mark, but it shows that he was in two different cultures at one time. Okay, John was a Hebrew name and it was it was pretty much a, a common name for a lot of people who are Hebrew or Jews. Mark, same way, but it was with the Greeks, all right? So when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and praying. And so this is where the 2020 comes in. Because, and when he, well, who was he? If I just give you 12, 12, no. See, you just proved it. And he went. Well, he didn't go to John Mark's or Mark didn't go to John Mark's. Right. Because it says he went to John Mark's. John Mark was already there. So who was it? You have to go back. Starting at verse 12 or, or chapter 12, verse three, when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. OK. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread when he had seized him and put him in prison, delivering him four squads of soldiers to guarding and tending after Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being fervently made by the church of God. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and guards in front of the door, watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but he thought that he was seeing a vision. And when they had passed the first and second guard, They came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along the street and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter came to himself, he said, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth this angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all of the Jewish people uh, and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he, Peter, realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark. And they were all together praying. Okay. So Peter got rescued by the angel. He escaped. And when he escaped, he ended up at John Mark's house. Okay. And I know it's it's hard to comprehend some things in the word. And that's fine. Right. It was Mary's house, but Mary was who? Okay. so it was John Mark's house, too. Right. John Mark was staying with his mom, John Mark and his mom and a whole bunch of other people were having a prayer service because Peter had just got arrested. When they got arrested during their prayer, the angel came, let him out. And then he ended up at the house of the people that was praying for him. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So now we're going to look at Acts chapter 15 verses 37 through 40. 15 37 through 40. Actually no, we'll do we'll do 1 through 5 in chapter 13. I'm sorry i jumping the gun. Thirteen, one through five. I know, get mad at me, Tim, because you messed your book up. It's all right, bro. <laughs> all right, one through five. Now, they were at Antioch in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, and Lucius and Sirene, Manion, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, to do the work for which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they had reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they also had John as their helper. John Mark. And so this is an ongoing thing in Acts. Acts. Acts gives you groups of individuals, and it gives you names, but it does the same thing in all the Gospels. You've got Peter, but his real name was Simon, and really his real name was Simeon. So there's a bunch of different things you got to look at when you read, or else you're just going to get confused about well who is Simon, who is Peter, this and that, because it's your Bible well that's yeah come on okay we'll get there that's the message version that's a a paraphrased version right you have word for word you have paraphrased and your Bible is a parallel so it shows you the paraphrased version Two different, of you, both versions in your Bible, the NIV and the message are paraphrased, right? It's not a word for word translation. It just makes it easier for you to read, okay? But in chapter 13, verse 5, it says, when they reached uh, Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they also had John as their helper. So what you have here is they're at Antioch, in the church of Antioch, and the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me two people. So they set apart Paul and they set apart Barnabas, right? And so you've got Paul and Barnabas. Remember, John Mark was Barnabas's cousin physically. And then it says that while they were there and they were, you know, doing what it was they were doing. It mentions John was there as their helper. So you've got all three in one spot. You've got Paul, you've got Barnabas and you've got Mark all in the same spot in the same area. Okay. And so now we go to Acts chapter 15, and we're going to look at something because some significant things happen when you had the three of those people together. And most of us just kind of skip over some things, not intentionally, but we just, you know, we read, and we get wrapped up in reading. And, you know, when you read a good book, you don't want to stop reading it, right? Even if it's, Even if you want to look something up, it's hard to stop and just look something up because you're so consumed with what the book's telling you or what you're reading that you just want to make it through this chapter or you want to make it through this chapter. And it happens the same way with the word. When you read the word, there's going to be times where you want to stop and look up something. But a lot of times we just bypass it because we're so eager to get to the end of the book. Right. But it's really at those times that you do want to stop for a minute. There's a reason why you're you're having questions or you want to do some research, you want to look something up, right? And so you should pause anytime you get that feeling and, and look into it, right? Or either just jot it down for future reference that you need to come back to that and look. Okay, so in chapter 15, we'll start at 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with him also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to do the work. And there occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another, and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left being committed by the brethren of the grace of the Lord. And he was traveling through Syria and Silesia, strengthening the churches. So we got an issue here. And this is a really good story. And the reason is, is because you've got Paul, you've got Barnabas, and you've got Mark. The Holy Spirit called two people out. He separated them in order to do the work that he wanted. Right? And in doing that, they took Mark with them. I'm pretty sure in Barnabas's mind, he could trust more. He said, look, he, he'd be beneficial to us. Let's just bring him along. He can help us. That's why I says, and John helped them or Mark helped them. So they go to Pamphylia and they start doing mission works and in and, and their process of, you know, establishing churches and finding Christians and preaching and teaching and all this stuff. Some things happen between all three of these brothers and a sharp disagreement occurred between Paul and Barnabas, okay? And so a lot of times in the church or at the house of prayer, wherever, there's some sharp disagreements. And it's good that this story is mentioned in here because a lot of times we think everything's supposed to be happy-go-lucky and all this stuff, but in reality, there's three major people in here That had some really serious issues and they all split up. Paul ended up taking somebody else and Barnabas chose his his family over Paul and Barnabas and Mark went on to do some stuff and Paul and Silas went on to do some stuff and so there's a separation there. It doesn't say that Paul didn't love Barnabas anymore and it didn't say that Paul didn't love Mark anymore he said Mark deserted us you know that there was a, a A trust issue there that they couldn't get by at that point in their walk and so paul said you know what you guys go ahead and i'll just pick somebody else up and we'll go with them right and that's the christian walk sometimes you know we we have sharp disagreements and for a time or or a season or whatever we may not agree on a lot of things or we may separate ourselves from each other but in the end it's all about reconciliation right because god through Jesus, was reconciling the world to himself. And if this story wasn't in here, would it really make a difference? Absolutely, it would make a difference. Even though God was reconciling the world to himself, we, sh- we should reconcile to one another our differences. And had this just been it, that they just split up and, and nothing else happened between them, that would be a standard in which we live by as Christians, right? and you got a problem. You go your way, I'm going to go my way. We never reconcile. I don't talk to you no more. I don't, you know, whatever. But that's not where it ended at, which is why this story is so important. Because if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, we're going to look and see what happens. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 11. We'll look at 9, 10, and 11. Because it's the personal concerns. Make every effort to come to me soon. For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. They made up. We don't know how long between this point and this point, but before everything was said and done. They reconciled their differences and they came back for the common good, which is for the gospel. For the advancement of the kingdom. Right? <laughs> you gotta read it, bud. You, <laughs> you got. Well, now you know, right? Okay. So it's it's a big. It's one big story in all of the books, and you have to dig it out. Right? You've got to dig stuff out. You can do Luke the same way because the last verse that we we looked at in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, it mentions that Luke is with me. Luke was with Paul as well. If you look in Galatians, Peter and Paul had some real serious problems because Peter was trying to get the Gentiles to live like Jews, even though Peter was living like a Gentile. And so you got to read it without understanding that even though they're Christians, they all still have problems. They were still messed up. But at the end of the day, they were together in communion, a common union, which would be Jesus, right? And so this is, that's the reason I, I wanted to do this before we even got into Mark, because now when you read Mark, you're gonna, you're gonna understand a little bit more about who Mark is or about who the author of the book is, even though we know the Holy Spirit wrote the book. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but it was written by men. But now you've got some family history, <coughs> physical family history then you've got some spiritual family history then you've got some some concerns and some arguments between great people i mean they, they wrote a good portion of the bible they still had arguments and after all of that they were still friends and they still love one another okay now peter and first peter called mark his son okay Now, you're not just going to call anybody your son, right? When you get into that kind of relationship, there is a lot of time invested. A disciple means somebody that's disciplined or or being disciplined, not disciplined like I'm going to take my belt off and lash you, disciplined as in you're going to sit under me I'm going to teach you everything that I know. And from there, you're going to go and you're going to make disciples. OK, that's all I was saying the other day. We all sit under somebody. And if not, we need to be under somebody to learn and grow. OK, so Peter picked up Mark. And Mark sat under Peter. So imagine. I mean, Peter, Peter was with Jesus during his whole time of ministry. Peter saw all the healings. He saw all the great works that Jesus did. He saw all the confrontation with the Jews. He he saw so much because he literally walked with Jesus for like three years. Jesus is the one that called him off of the boat and said, come with me, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Peter comes and follows him for three years. And then when we look at the life of Peter, Peter was not the most intelligent guy ever. If he was intelligent at all, go to Acts chapter 4. It tells you some things about Peter in Acts chapter 4. And maybe we need to just look at this real quick so we can all get a a slice of humble pie, even though it's hard to chew sometimes. (coughs) Let's see. Boldness Is it 13? Yep. Chapter 4, verse 13 says, Now as they observed the confidence of who? Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. So you're talking about some fishermen that had no training and they were uneducated. But the fact that they had walked with Jesus was enough for all of these people to believe the word of the Lord. 3,000 people got saved the first time. So many thousand got saved the second time. It wasn't because they went to some good Bible school or they went to move on in the doctrines and bachelors of divinity and all this stuff. It had nothing to do with that. It was the fact, the simple fact that they had walked with the Lord. God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called, right? That's the old saying, and that's what happened here. And so you got Peter, walked with Jesus for three, four years, and everything was amazing. No, it wasn't. Peter failed over and over and over and over. Peter walked on water. One minute you're walking on water, next minute you're drowning, right? He cut my man's ear off with the sword. He denied Jesus three times. But after all of those things jesus said on this rock i will build my church the word peter means rock right and so you got peter and then you've got this other guy mark that sits under peter for however many years Uh, most theologians think that from the time we got the gospels Jesus was crucified. And by the time we got the Gospels, it was a 30 to 35 year span. Okay, so Jesus was crucified 30 to 35 years later. Everybody in that time period started dying off and they wanted to preserve the gospel. So what they did was take the account of some of the individuals who were with Jesus and knew the story well enough that the scribes or whoever, the secretaries could write it all down so they would have written historical evidence of what really happened. And that happened with Mark. So Mark sat under Peter. He heard of all the good things that Jesus did and all the stuff that happened with Jesus. And eventually, they split apart for a season. And Mark is the one that gave the historical foundation for the book of Mark, right? So 30 years after the crucifixion, Mark's like, well, here's what I know. And that's where we're at in Mark, okay? Now, Mark is a really short book. It's 16 chapters, but there's a whole lot in Mark. So we'll just start in Mark chapter one. We won't get all the way through it because I, I, I want to go through this at a, at a slow pace. So Mark chapter one. Verse one, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. Here's one of the prophetic words that they pulled out of the Old Testament. As it is written on Isaiah, the prophet. Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord and make his path straight. He's talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea were going out to him and all the people of Jerusalem. And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now, why is why is that important? At that point in time, you had a whole culture of people. You know, John couldn't save anybody. All he was doing was preparing the way for the Lord. Right. He was making the path straight. So they were coming out and they were getting baptized. Baptism is complete immersion in water, but now when Acts came and the Holy Spirit came, it's also a complete immersion in the spirit, right? So you got two different baptisms. John couldn't forgive anybody of their sins. So what essentially happened was they would come, they would get baptized, and they would confess their sins, and upon their confession, it would be paid forward, right? Jesus hadn't died yet. But at their confession and at their repentance, it was already at the cross waiting for him to die. Once he died, their confession and their repentance was made right. It was good. It was counted good for him. Okay. And so. All the country of Judea was going out to him and the people of Jerusalem and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Then it gives a description of John. John was clothed in camel's hair. Wore a leather belt around his waist, and his diet was locusts and wild honey. The picture that we have of John the the baptizer or the Baptist is that of a poor man. Not everybody was willing to wear a camel's jacket and you know look pretty much homeless. What we consider homeless now, I mean, he was eating bugs and honey, and he had no problem with eating bugs and honey, right? We have problems eating chicken salad and everything else but he didn't care he ate bugs and honey and so he is preaching saying after me one is coming who is mightier than i and i am not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals i baptize you with water but he will baptize you with the holy spirit in your in your bible in verse 7 after me is the word one capitalized or not capitalized Capitalized? Someone? Yours is because it's in ASB. What is yours? Oh, you ain't there, are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amen. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. But we're looking at verse 7. Is yours capitalized, Bobby? Verse 7 After me, one is coming. No, not it. It's not? Is yours? No. Yeah. Yours is? because I put you on game, right? You got ESV now. Yeah. That's ESV. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. The little things are important, even when you read the word, right? No. After me, one is coming. One. The word one. Is it capitalized? No? It should be. Because anytime there's a capitalization in there, it's normally speaking of Jesus. And I know we like to think, well, we can just, my mind would already know who that was. But what about what about the angel of the Lord? Is it a little A or a capital A? Because that would make a difference. That's why I was telling you about the paraphrase Bible versus the word for word translation. There's some significant differences in there. So after me, one is coming who is mightier than I, and I'm not, with, I'm not fit to stoop down and tie the thong of his sandals. John said, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And I think that's where we're going to stop, because I've given you a lot today. Because I want to go back on verse 8, and I want to go to Acts and look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because we a lot of us... A lot of us know what that is, and a lot of us don't know what that is, and I think there needs to be a little bit of clarity about it. And we only got, like, five minutes to do that, and then it's going to take more than five minutes. All right? So I know it's a lot, but we got past all of the stuff that's –